T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Hall. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. The home for Bears fans. If they have reached a conclusion that they're not going to get anything better than this. And we got to do it now before other teams go into free agency and pick up players and, and change their mind and change their mind. Right. So now, like, you know, if it's Carolina, if they're going to get two future number one picks, it's probably Carolina. Many hours later. The Panthers now control the draft. Sources say they have traded up from the number nine overall pick all the way to number one, making a major, major trade with the Chicago Bears. Here are the details. The Carolina Panthers get the number one overall selection. Meanwhile, the Chicago Bears, they get the number nine overall pick, a 2024 first rounder. Yes! 2023 and 2025 second rounders. Yes! And DJ Moore, a bona fide number one receiver. Now give me my thing, This is enough of an impetus and motivation. This is enough in return to justify acting now. This is the Bears taking a major step back toward respectability, a quantum leap. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. Man, Poles is playing this thing like a virtuoso so far. On 670 The Score. Go Bears! Let's go! Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Oh my God, do we have a day today, Mr. David. Marty Mully. Big Monday. What a weekend. Everything you wanted. Everything we talked about. Everything you predicted. Everything. Everything, (laughs) everywhere, all at once. How about that? Yeah. Nice. I think that that was the movie that won the Oscar. It was, and several other awards. But it was that kind of weekend for the Bears. It was everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And, And the Bears do it. They trade away the number one pick. They do it earlier than it's ever been done. Thank God. But they got what they wanted, and they changed uh, the way we'll look at them. And, it, well, you know, is it a great deal? I can't tell you how many people contact, great deal? Isn't it the greatest deal? And and I, I said the only thing you can say, they got a lot of picks. Let's see what they do with them. It could be one of those groundbreaking, incredible moments I think the receiver, I, I don't know anybody that's going to be unhappy about D.J. Moore coming to Chicago. I think that doubles down on the fact that Justin Fields is the guy. So I think there's good information to be found within that. But, yeah, they, all you got to do now is hit it out of the park in the draft. Well, there's no doubt. I think it's pretty good. It is pretty good. And he put himself in a position, Ryan Poles, to – uh, let everything else fall into place. He still has to make the right draft picks. That's the one thing that we don't really know. We we Here's what we learned over the weekend is that he's not afraid to make the deal, the bold deal at the time where people don't expect him to make it. The timing of it is unusual because it's never happened this early before. There's right. not been a case where the number one overall pick has been traded in March we can compare it to other halls that have mm-hmm. come later in the spring, but this was Ryan Pohl springing ahead over the weekend. This was him moving forward more than an hour 
you wonder how quickly this accelerates the timetable. But, Molly, I think the key thing that you referenced, and we talked about Saturday in our emergency show uh, <laughs> at 9 o'clock in the morning, I think that DJ Moore, getting him in return represents the second first-round pick that Ryan Poles kind of bragged about having in place, in yep. hand. Yep. And so when you get what you they got in return draft pick-wise in terms of capital – Getting the future one in 24 is important because I think it hedges you and protects you. That's Justin Fields' insurance right there. And then DJ Moore getting him now rather than that being a draft pick helps you develop Justin Fields and improve him as a passer. So there's a lot of elements to this trade that are easy to like, and I think it just announces that, hey, Ryan Poles, you know, this is March Madness. This could be his shining moment. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting. I mean, here's you know the downside. You want the downside, and I don't think there's a lot of downside. I think you should feel really good about it. And DJ Moore changes them. It changes their team. It changes their the rotation in the uh, receiver room, and that's a good thing to do. Um, but they still have one pick in the top fifty. They still only have one pick in the immediate area of the draft where you get the best players and. And the, it's ninth now, not one. Um, you know, had they somehow gotten the uh, the first round pick in twenty twenty five, and I know I'm being greedy now, uh, I think it would have been like beyond comprehension. That would have been phenomenal. I don't think he necessarily. Uh, I I think it's possible that both teams win, and I mean that in the best way. I I don't think the Bears lost this trade in any way. I. I don't know that they did so well that you'd say they're ahead of Carolina for the the next ten years. I think they're probably ahead of Carolina for a little well, bit. Well, let's face for sure. it; it doesn't that depend on how well the how quarterback that the Panthers take plays? Because if they go out and they draft C.J. Stroud, as, as reports rumored, indicate, yeah. yeah, or if they get Bryce Young, it would be a surprise. But either one of those guys. If they develop into a better quarterback than Justin Fields, then you're going to have a very different interpretation of this draft or this trade. And that is the, the truth about any trade. You just don't know uh, over time. But I think as we project out, the Bears have done whatever they could to put themselves in the best position to make that happen, to make Justin Fields a better quarterback. And, and Molly, I think at the beginning of this whole process, you had to make a determination if you're Ryan Poles. Is it worth believing in Justin Fields? And if you do, you might be wrong. Look, it's sports. You're going to be wrong. But if you do check that box, yes, you've got to do everything in your power to make you make yourself right. Yeah, I, you know, listen, this, this is the key to it. That, you know, we look around and we have seen teams trade for um, – when a quarterback is hitting his third year, we've seen teams go out and trade and bring in receivers. And when I say this could be a win-win for both teams, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about Stefan Diggs going to Buffalo. With Josh Allen going into his third year, they trade for Stefan Diggs, who right. is a phenomenal receiver. And they give up the 22nd overall pick in that year's draft, the fifth, a sixth, and a, a, I think a fourth in 2021. Now, Minnesota turns around, and with that 22nd pick, they take their receiver. They take the guy to replace the guy. And I, is it a wash? I mean, how good is that receiver versus the guy well, they lost? Well, but Buffalo didn't have that. And Buffalo maybe didn't know they were going to be able to take the LSU man at uh, well, 20 seconds. It's a really good example of a trade that did benefit both teams. Exactly. It was a smart, team, smart trade for both teams. And that may be what this becomes and evolves into. I do think you also could make the parallel, even though the Bears are nowhere close to having the complete roster that the Philadelphia Eagles did a year ago at this time, to the Bears and Justin Fields, DJ Moore is their A.J. Brown, is their version of the veteran wide receiver who would comes to them via trade with some accomplishment, with some pedigree, with a, a proven track record of making quarterbacks better. So the one thing DJ Moore knows coming to Chicago or at least have has experience in which everyone in Chicago can relate to if you're a wide receiver who's ever run a route here 
DJ Moore's played and excelled with some average quarterbacks. And so yes. the numbers that he's put together, the yards after catch that, you know, are, are all because of his ability. I think he's been described at times as a running back playing wide receiver. And good for him. But he doesn't have to have everything perfect to be noticed and to be impactful in any given game plan or any, any given Sunday. So, um, you know, it's interesting you, you mentioned that one. So, A.J. Brown comes in. They're trying to reach a deal with him, and they can't get a deal done uh, in Tennessee. So, they make that trade. Uh, again, Hurts going into his third year. They bring in A.J. Brown for a first-round pick, number uh, 18 overall, and for the 101st pick in the draft. They immediately sign him to a four-year, $100 million contract. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's what's going on with all these guys. You know, Tyreek Hill got $120 million. You, When you sign a receiver, you usually have a guy, you've traded for him, you got to give him a contract. With this deal, you've got D.J. Moore, who will count for over $20 million, just over $20 million in 2023. That number drops to just over 16 in 24 and 25. He just signed a new deal going into this season. So you have him for three years at an average of $17 million a year. That is a significantly lower amount of money than, than you have to pay normally when you draft, a, when you trade for a wide receiver, be it, you know, doing it in Oakland, doing it in, uh, in, in Philadelphia or in, uh, what, Buffalo 2. Um, all these deals usually come with a huge price tag, seventeen million for for a number one receiver. And you, and as you say, David, we can argue all day about how good this guy is, but the fact of the matter is, he's been playing with really subpar quarterbacks mm-hmm. and put up big numbers. So he's a hell of a lot better than maybe you think he is. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of this deal, and that's why when you evaluate it right now the inclusion of DJ Moore makes you feel better about not necessarily needing that number one pick in 2025 because of the cost certainty. Now, is he going to be a guy that if he has a big year wants to renegotiate? Let's worry about that later. It's not an issue now. They have now a receiving core that includes DJ Moore, who is your number one. No, No doubt about that. Chase Claypool, who is your number two. Sure. I think that's a better role for him. And the guy who may benefit the most about among the receivers on this team is Darnell Mooney, because in What's his, his role, timetable. What's his timetable? Is he is he going to be ready for the? Yeah, I think season? so. Okay. I, right. I think there's I think there's an expectation. And now he is coming off an injury. Right. Uh, he is a guy that you don't expect to be injury prone necessarily, or to be a guy who knows about how quickly he will heal. But he's going to be doing everything in his power to get back. And those three guys can complement each other very well. If Mooney plays more in the slot, but if you have three receivers on the field, that's a that's a much better combination than the Bears have had, and it's a professional representation of what a wide receiver core should look like. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, it changes. You know, do you like Equinemius St. Brown as a number two receiver? I think he was a number two receiver this year, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, as a number four receiver, he's a different guy. It's a different is, guy. Is Bayless Jones, the return guy, active on game day, is he better as a number five receiver than he was at whatever element they were trying to use him? I don't even know if he's a receiver, but he's got a chance to make make a play he's or two. fifth receiver As now. a fifth receiver. I'm saying yeah. you, you're not leaning on you're, a guy. You're, you're totally not right. leaning on a guy in the wrong position. Everything is about roles and expectations when yes. we talk about these guys, when we talk about these teams and whatever, you know, uh, on both sides of the ball. And the expectation for DJ Moore is going to come in here and have an immediate impact and be the guy you have to game plan against if you're playing the Bears. That's not a new role for him. So when you come in Chase Claypool, there was such high expectations in a short period of time. They were kind of unrealistic. But now he goes back to being a guy that isn't in that role where he has to be the number one wide receiver. And I think that there's going to be a lot of this going on. So what the Bears did was they got better for now. And they they got draft picks for later, and that's why I think overall, even though it will take time uh, to evaluate this fully and and fairly, yes, it's a good step for Ryan Poles. You don't have to exaggerate its importance. You don't have to exaggerate its meaning. You don't have to compare it to other historic great trades. Wait and see. It's 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 probably somewhere in the middle. 
And I think that's positive for the Bears. I totally agree. And, I, I you know, do I, do I wish that the second-round pick was, uh, was higher in the second round instead of as low in the second round as it is? Absolutely. Do I wish that that, that uh, 20, 25 pick was a first, not a second? Yeah, I mean, here's the other element. Let's say, you know, let's say Carolina has settled on C.J. Stroud and they're talking to Houston and Houston wants Bryce Young. Carolina could tell them, well, we got a lot of teams that are trying to trade up for him. They could move down a spot, pick up a little bit of something. Sure. And, you know, that's fine. I, I don't care what they do or if it looks like the Bears would have gotten more I, when because I think the wide receiver is the key to the deal. The wide receiver – Look look at what they did last year. They traded for Chase Claypool because they looked at the at the market and they realized receivers cost a fortune. The only guy in free agency is Jacoby Myers that you'd really want to go after, and I don't think you really want to go after him. So his market will be whacked out. That's why they made that trade. So how do you get better? You either draft one or you find one, trade for one. And effectively, they traded for one. A guy that's already ready to play, already successful in the league, despite not playing with good quarterbacks, and he changes your dynamic and will help the quarterback. He's a good route runner. He's very effective after the catch. He does a lot of things well. And he's not necessarily known as a guy that – his most famous play in Carolina was when he ripped off his helmet and celebrated and had the penalty and all that (laughs) stuff. But I think he did a lot more than that, that that one play kind of overlooks or obscures – And when you look at what the Bears and the Panthers did, there will be a lot of people in Chicago, we've already seen it, that will say, you know, Ryan Poles fleeced the Panthers. And I think because of what you just said and their ability in Carolina to still multiply and get more out of this pick and position being drafting first overall, too early to say that. Now, you feel good about it from the Bears' perspective, and you feel like they did get what they needed out of it, but the Panthers could still feel very good about this deal at the end of the day as well. And and I think the, the key to it is that let's say they do draft their quarterback, right? So they go up to the number one pick and they take C.J. Stroud, who is, a, you know, a tremendous passer of the football. And, you know, there's a lot of good things about him and a lot of good reasons to, to like him. Um, and if that's the guy that they want, they go ahead and they do that. Let me tell you something. There have been a thousand really good quarterbacks that have come into the NFL and had a terrible rookie year. So next year's number one pick from the Panthers might be higher than your number one pick. The Bears may have improved, uh, but their number one pick next year may be more like top ten, top fifteen. Like, likely if it works will out. be. But the Panthers could be the pick in the top five, it, the top ten. Hard to predict that now. We don't know. But it could, it could be. be like a really good It could pick. be numero uno. Yes, it could. They could have their 14 loss season. That's they right. could have their That's first right. year of a new coach's regime go terribly wrong. Or maybe they don't have any incentive to lose games. There won't be this celebration of losses in Carolina the where it was here. But they are very close to being without a quarterback as we sit here right now. Without a receiver. Without a receiver. With a rookie quarterback without a receiver. No playmakers, no quarterback, and a first-year head coach. They're very close to being the worst team in the NFL. They traded Christian McCaffrey to, to the, uh, the Niners last year. Don't forget that. So it's not like they have these – and they traded D.J. Moore to the Bears in this deal. It's not like they have these breakthrough, unbelievable talent around their rookie quarterback. They're going to have to do a lot of work themselves. Absolutely true. And that's why the hidden value of this trade also is something that, you know, is there and we we need to discuss it. We don't need to get into it too much right now, but this is Justin Fields insurance. Oh, yeah. You have the Panthers pick and your number one pick in 2024. If you are bad and that, that pick of yours is high, it means that probably your quarterback didn't fulfill expectations, so you're in a position to replace him if you want. If you come to that conclusion, and look, nobody can pro- – you don't want to believe that. You don't really want to consider that because everything about this is to make Justin Fields better, and I think we both believe he can be, be better. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we both believe and understand why they're investing so much in him. But if he's not, this is the NFL. Things happen. Things go south. You're protected against that possibility now. That's what I think is the smart hidden value of this trade. You've got two number one picks next year that you could always use to move up if you're fixated on a quarterback that is available.
And you may not even have to move up as far as <laughs> you might not. And there's there's not just one quarterback next year. Everyone knows it's, it's Caleb Williams, kid from North Carolina. Drake May, Drake. yeah. yeah. Very good point. I, but do you? Do you th- I'm not trying to no, but I derive the negative out of this. This isn't like a, a slight at Justin Fields, but you have to plan for every possibility, and this trade allows Ryan Poles to do just that. I think it's a fair comment, David. I think that that's what he has talked about. This idea that um, you know we we have to follow through with this. Well, guess what? Getting him a, re- a receiver, changing that receiver room—that's following through. I, I think that Chase Claypool should be significantly better with an offseason with the quarterback. It's not it's it's not an easy uh, job to come in and be put in the position that he was in, and the Bears just weren't ready for a player like him. Hopefully, next year they're ready for it. Hopefully, D.J. Moore makes them ready for it. And hopefully, as you look forward, that Justin Fields really is the guy. And, and I think he's going to do everything in his power to do so now – here we are, free agency. Nice job, you know. Get the weaponry. That's very important. Yep. Now you got to get the protection. Get the tackle. Get the tackle. Either side. Yeah, they're gonna they're get probably, the defensive tackle. It's probably gonna be McGlinchey. Okay. That, by all accounts, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw a a uh, you know pity party over that 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 he doesn't like Orlando Brown. He's got a lot more information. He was there in Kansas City. If if he opts not to go that route, I'm not going to have any problem with it at all because he has a lot more information than I do. And if McClinchy is the guy, great. And then if you draft another one in, in the first round, great too. Great. Whatever you want to do. Strength Build in numbers. the team. Don't forget the defense, please. Don't, well, don't you don't have a defensive line. Minor issue. But you really don't have uh, many players please. that you would rely upon. You don't have a don't front seven. Don't forget the front seven, please. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not being you mean about it. stop people. I'm just telling so, you that you're going to have to build a defense. But that might be easier to do, especially in this draft. I think there's a lot of edge guys that you, that can help you. And hopefully, you know, the guy you drafted last year can help you. And hopefully the extra seventh-round pick can help you and all the uh, the other moves oh, you make. Yeah, there's a lot. We're going to get into to get everything. Into. We're going to get yeah. into everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> um, but, but real quick, Friday afternoon, the surprise, it was a surprise. It wasn't a Friday news dump. Right. It was a blockbuster. Yep. How would you uh, evaluate your level of shock or surprise, and where were you when we got the news? Um, I was uh, doing laundry, as I want to do when I get home on a Friday. I just like to get all my laundry done for the week and get everything cleaned up, and then I start my weekend. And I was in the midst of that. And I was sitting on the edge of the bed because I saw it, and I was like, holy <laughs> guacamole. And I sat down on the bed, and then I was texting with you guys. And it was, you know, it, I just – it's so early, man. It's like, it's wow. so early. You didn't expect it. No. So I'm, I'm out running on Friday wow afternoon. Was, it was a wow moment. Yeah, so I'm on the trail, and I usually run about three miles. I run a mile and a half out and a mile and a half back. And I'm a mile and a half out about ready to turn around and I'm with my golden retriever and we're running and I get, and I have the, my air airbuds, AirPods in and I'm listening and I get the text. If I, you know, we get the text, Dustin sent the text, yes. like the Twitter. So I kind of look at my phone and then I'm thinking, and then I start getting a couple texts. And, and if you can imagine, uh, I get a text from somebody who, who found out about this and texts me and the Alexa voice or Siri voice. Wow. Wow. And it's just in my ear, like, wow, twice. Like, okay, I got to see what this is all about. So I look, and it's like, okay, the, the Schefter tweet, the Schefter bomb, and the Bears make this trade. So I'm thinking, I got to get back. Now I got to get back. I just killed my, I, I was so out of breath. I was so tired. My dogs looked at me like, what are you doing? And I'm running back to try to get back. But I was as far away as I could possibly be when the news broke, and I was – exhausted by the time I got back. But that's what I will remember about learning about this trade. That's hysterical. Yeah, I watched a lot of high school basketball. I watched the IHSA. I watched all of it. I don't know. I got caught up in it. See, I came close. Oh, that was a pity. The Paul Prep won it all. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. That was a big weekend for high school basketball. Yeah. Um, Pexter wants to know what happened to United. Yeah, but they had a guy sent off in about the 10th minute for a brutal tackle. They played man down, got a draw. 
Murder. Murder. And we have the final, uh, we have the selection Oh, Sunday. my God. Wait a minute. We have our we, brackets. Everyone's got number one. Everyone's got a number one seed. We're going to talk uh, some college hoops, too. But we are going to pick apart all the stories of the day, all the little tentacles of uh, of this trade, what it means for the Bears, what they do now, et cetera. We'll break it all down for you. We're going to do that next with the pick six. It's Mully and Haw on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. After Ryan Poles pulled off Friday's stunning trade that included DJ Moore and four draft picks, how much stronger do you feel in believing the Bears are back? And what did this deal do, if anything, to Poles' timetable? This segment is brought to you by Finishing Chicago. All great finishes start with finishingchicago.com. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I think that this gets them closer to better than they have been. I think that, for me, the idea that D.J. Moore is included, you get a legitimate NFL receiver who comes into your room. He's a number one. And, you know, we always talk about sliding a starter into the rotation and how that, you know, when a guy goes down and everybody has to move up a spot, sometimes that doesn't work out. So what this does is that you bring in a guy that, that is a top your group and everybody else has a different role and a better role and an easier role and they're probably a role they're more qualified for. So I like that element of this deal. Um, in terms of, um, you know, the timetable and how it changes the timetable, they should be significantly better next year. They lost 14 games last year. And, you know, you can say, well, they were in all these games. Look, uh, you know, when you know that you're going to beat a team, sometimes you don't have the same effort and a try-hard team can stay in a game, but they can't finish one. So maybe now we see them finish some games. I, I don't know that they're going to make a jump uh, into contention or anything like that. That's a reach for me. They only have one draft pick in the first 50. We mentioned that. I think the guy needs to do really well in the draft, and then you get a couple. So then he'll have two drafts under his belt, and then that third draft, will be the one that hopefully will launch them into contention because they'll have two number ones. But I don't know that they're going to be uh, – they got to get work from the ball out, get linemen, get offensive linemen, get defensive linemen, and then we'll talk. Well, I mean, they're well on their way. There's nothing wrong with this at all. I mean, you can pick – you can put arrows into it. There, there are some things that aren't perfect. It's not perfect, but it's really good. You know, we, we want everything to be perfect. It's not perfect. There are some blemishes. But they, they are on their way back. Like DJ Moore, I, I really like that. that. That made the Bears significantly better. It, re- it really did. Um, and he, you couldn't have done better than him in free agency. So, And he's probably worth a future first-round pick. Like He's, he's first-round talent. So, okay. So they, they got it. And they got it now. Like, they don't have to wait for 2025 Potentially, you got him today. Now, that makes Justin Fields that much better. And, and I just think, to your point, Molly, about the Bears aren't going to sneak up on anybody. Definitely not in the division. 
Okay, the, the national media is talking about them all the time. N- nobody's the Bears aren't sneaking up on anybody. They, they're going to know that hey, these are the Bears. Like they, they got Justin Fields. It, it's it's out there. So no more sneaking up. I, this is a good this is a good thing. It's a great day for the Bears. It's a great week to be a Bears fan. It's a great week to be doing what we're doing. This is fantastic. When we questioned Ryan Poles this offseason in in the wake of the 14 loss season, it was because he lacked experience. We didn't know how we was going to react, how we was going to address this. This, when I talked about making a quantum leap, it was a quantum leap toward credibility. It was a step in the right direction toward respectability. But I think the one thing that was lacking most when you're talking about the executive making all these moves is we didn't know what he was, how if he was equipped for the job. This helps answer that question. So that's why it's big for him. You know, you're evaluated as a general manager by very many different categories, drafting, signing, trading. And this looks like he's it's a very good trade for the Bears. Now he can he can remove the doubt by drafting intelligently, by pursuing you know, the other aspects and getting the personnel in place so you can get closer to uh, being a playoff team again. Why this doesn't necessarily change the timetable, it will make them more competitive in 2023, but duh, they lost 14 games. It wouldn't take much. What this does is it is consistent with the timetable to sustain success because DJ Moore is a bona fide number one, but he's also only 25 years old. So he fits. He makes more sense than a guy like, say, DeAndre Hopkins would have. As much as Hopkins is a proven guy, a different guy, he's an older guy. And you don't want to go out and get older guys and pay attention to that premise and idea when they're going out and signing free agents. And you got this guy for his 26, 27, 28 years old seasons. Those are the prime of a player's career. That's, yeah, there's a lot of questions there. What was the biggest reason Ryan Poles got this trade done before free agency? Was it more about the Bears having clarity or the Panthers having clarity? And do you care what happens at the top of the draft now? Will it matter what Carolina does if they trade down with Houston or Indianapolis or if Arizona makes a big deal and moves down? How will you ultimately view this trade? Great questions. I think that I don't care as much about what Carolina does, even though I anticipate them moving down to two if C.J. Stroud is their guy. I could see that happening. I could see them getting an extra uh, asset out of this trade, and that would make them feel better about it maybe in Carolina. Not that that's the biggest thing. Um, The biggest reason Ryan Poles did it now is because maybe the Panthers would have gone into free agency a little bit differently if they weren't drafting first overall. And they wanted to get this done, and they were compelled to throw in D.J. Moore, and that was the impetus, and they wanted to do it now. I can understand that being a reason, a compelling reason, why Ryan Poles wanted to act now. Know what you're getting so it affects – it will affect your free agent approach, I believe. And so he wanted to, you know, take care of it on on March, uh, you know, mid-March before free agency. I get it, but I I don't know that uh, anything more than this is probably why he was sounding so confident at the NFL Combine. Because now getting what he got in return for the Panthers is – he's got to feel good about the draft – And he's got to feel settled about free agency. So I think the clarity is the right word to use for both teams. Why, again, I'm going to go back. I think this was all about DJ Moore. I think as the Panthers were rebuilding, they were going to move this guy, whether it was to the Bears or to anybody else. And I think Ryan Poles, to the points you guys made, a guy that's young, controllable, coming into his prime. I think it's all about DJ Moore. I think... Ryan Poles went because he could get this guy, which makes the Bears ultimately better. And the Panthers wanted to move him, and that was probably known in circles, general manager circles. So it was like, hey, if you don't do this, we're going to go somewhere else and do this. So I do think I still care about what happens up at the top of the draft. But, hey, if the Bears get Jalen Carter at nine and he has not done anything else to rock the boat, if you will, this will be viewed, you know, potentially very successful, right? Because they need they needed one of the two stud defensive guys, and he might still be there at number nine. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think he'll be gone by the time they pick. But I, I am fascinated to see what happens now, just as a fan of the NFL, to just see what the 
you know, what the fallout is. I, I think that's separate from evaluating this trade right now. I mean, I you know, great. We'll have a conversation if things go absolutely haywire. By all accounts, it's it's now Arizona that's in a great position because presumably if you move up, you're moving up for a quarterback. We know Houston needs a quarterback. So whatever happens with the first two, odds are two quarterbacks are gone. Now everybody knows that the Colts need a quarterback. So are you going to move ahead of the Colts to get a particular guy? That puts Arizona, who probably will take a defensive player, in like a really good position. They could they could move down if, say, Vegas wanted to move up to get a quarterback ahead of the Colts, and they might get one of those two defensive players you're talking about, Dustin. So I think that's one to keep an eye on, and it is going to be kind of fun to watch. The Colts, are they willing to just wait and stay where they're at and get the guy that falls to them among the four quarterbacks that are being touted? I think there's – I definitely am uh, I'm very interested in what happens at the top of the draft, but I won't I won't judge this deal by it. I think Two different good, things. Yeah. 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 I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. Voice of Brad Biggs, he's here at 7, Biggs time. Officially at 11 a.m. today, NFL teams can begin negotiating with unrestricted free agents. We know from experience – that the process began in earnest at the NFL Combine and probably accelerated last night into this morning. Now that the Bears have made their trade, how would you reestablish their priorities and what specific players? Yeah, you know, I, I want to see, you know, the players to target, I, I, I would target Orlando Brown. But again, Ryan Poles was there with him. We'll have different information. I would target offensive tackle as the number one priority for me. And I would probably um, try to get a defensive tackle while I was at it. But, you know, I, the defensive tackles are going to be really interesting because Darren Payne signed a monster contract overnight, and that's the richest contract given to a defensive tackle. I think he got $60 million guaranteed on a $90 million deal. It's actually the same contract that, uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, Khalil Mack signed that Vegas then couldn't deal with and and sent him to the bear. So I find that really interesting, but get an offensive tackle today, get at least a defensive player. There've been a lot of names thrown around, um, but I would like to see them concentrate on OLDL. Yep. The lines uh, definitely need some help, but you guys uh, had said it in the first segment of the show, you know, the, the front seven of the defense. So if, if we believe that Jalen Carter is not an option at number nine, you know, where are you going? To, you can't get it all. And so I think your priority might be that defensive lineman. You might have to overspend now a little bit on that player than you had. And that might mean that you have to go a tier down from the offensive line. So that's why, you know, the kid from the 49ers that used to be a domer makes maybe a little bit more sense than Orlando Brown, who's going to probably be uh, higher priced, if you will. So we'll have to wait and see, but I just think that now you're you're buying. I think you're buying an offensive and a defensive lineman as opposed to potentially buying two offensive linemen. Yeah, I really don't think the draft is got can be related to your approach in free agency. I don't think that you can look at it that way. The Jalen Carter issue has to be something that's back burner right now. At eleven o'clock today, you can start making deals. So at eleven o one, I hope the Bears have a deal, an agreement. It's probably again we should. We, we wanted them to go in the direction of Orlando Brown Jr. Maybe that's still a possibility. It sounds like it's slimmer than the re- probability that they go after Mike McGlinchey, the Notre Dame product from the 49ers, to play right tackle. That's okay. The idea of him next to Tevin Jenkins, that's a pretty massive right side. Braxton Jones is somebody they like on the left side. They, they draft somebody they could play or sign somebody to play left guard or maybe Cody Whitehair. Whatever the case may be, I think number one priority is your right tackle or left tackle, offensive tackle. Then Draymond Jones could be expensive, but he is the guy that you should pursue with all the money that you have. You still have more cap space than any team in the league, $75 million. Draymond Jones from the Broncos makes sense to me as number two priority. Bobby Okereke from the Colts is a $10 million a year likely outside linebacker. That is a tackle machine and ready to take off. Ready to take off. He would be a nice addition to that defense. You need to... You can't neglect the front seven. 
If you go after Draymond Jones and Bobby Okereke, those are two quality guys to add to a front seven that is lacking talent and depth. But I would start with the offensive tackle. Yeah, I think it's a good question. How pleased are you with the Bulls getting to the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference standings with it a ticket to the play-in game? Will they stay there? And do you respond with any eye roll? Do you avoid the NBA standings like Kawhi Leonard because it's about the future and not the past? <laughs> that's, that's a special comment from Kawhi. <laughs> I think the Bulls have never looked better than they did Sunday. Didn't have to watch them. <laughs> All they've got to do is watch other teams kind of self-destruct, and the Wizards are doing just that. So the Bulls are in a good position now, better than when they don't play. So I know they have to come back. They've got some time off now. That's good. They looked they looked capable against the Rockets. They didn't have that step-down or fall-back game that you expected them maybe to have after you know a big moment last week. Zach Levine did it again. Patrick Beverly probably played his best overall game as a Bull. So there's a lot to like about where they are as you wake up Monday morning. It's a much better position than they were last week at this time. So it depends on how much you value the play-in spot. I do think if you play it out, it would be – it's better to make the postseason than not make the postseason unless you're going to end up with the top overall pick or a top four uh, draft pick that you, you make yourself and keep that player. But that doesn't seem to be – in the, in the percentages. So if you're going to uh, play this through, make the playoffs. Make the play in and watch everybody else crumble, and that's okay. I'm not going to pay attention to the standings until the Bulls are more comfortable because I'm like Kawhi. <laughs> well, they did what they needed to do down in Houston, right? If you're, if you're pro, if you're pro make the postseason, then they did what they were supposed to do. Um, yes, the Wizards are falling apart. They're sitting at the 10 spot. But their next game, Wednesday, is against the Kings, one of the better teams from the West. So do you want them to lose? It's really tricky. Do you want them to lose and have a shot at that top four spot in the in the lottery, draft lottery? Or do you think there's value in Zach Levine getting some postseason play? But again, can they win more than a game in the postseason? And then is it worth it? It's very, it's very, very tricky. But um, yeah, yesterday and all weekend, I was, I was Bears. I was uh, the Brackets. I was Cubs. I was Sox. I mean, the Bulls were fourth or fifth on my level of interest this past sporting weekend. Yeah, I had a great time uh, sports-wise all weekend because there was so much good basketball on. uh, And and obviously the Bears trade, so you could think that through and uh, really enjoyed. Um, I went out to a supper club in Wisconsin that Mitch had recommended. It was absolutely phenomenal. Just so much fun. Just my wife and I, a nice hour-long drive into Wisconsin and uh, had a supper club dinner and then came home. And I got home in time to watch the Bulls, to watch some of the stuff I taped. And I watched a really good fight on uh, Showtime. So, I felt really good about my sports weekend, and I hadn't even gotten to Sunday yet. I watched the Bulls, and I thought that the, the third quarter, I believe it was, they gave up 46 points or something. It was ridiculous. It was just the old Bulls. Then they clamped it down. They came back, and they won that game in the fourth quarter. And now they're in a position where they're uh, they're they're in the play-in game right now because I think Washington lost yesterday anyway, right, to uh, Philadelphia. But um, – but they had tied them record-wise, and they owned the better conference record. You know, as long as you're at the spot where you're at, you may as well get in, and you may as well try to move up. And what Kawhi was saying is, you know, I don't look at the standings because it's about us. It's not about anyone else. As long as we take care of our business, oh. we're going to go where we're going to go. So I'm all over that idea. I, I am no longer looking at the standings. I'm pretending the Bulls are good. You are the Kawhi whisperer. I don't even know that they're five under. Is that your most important question here? What was your overall impression or reaction to Selection Sunday brackets? Any issues with seeding? Uh, we can wait on the brackets a bit, but are you prepared to identify a possible Cinderella pick? How about the first high seed to go home unexpectedly, and how do you handle the number one overall seed, Alabama? There's a real problem for me, the Alabama thing, because, you know, did you see some idiot that was at the game? 
and had a T-shirt on, you know. Which one? Killing our way through the SEC, yeah, something were, like that. It was, and there, there were a whole group of them. idiots with that. And I mean, they were, and then yeah. they said that if they show up again, they kick them out. I mean, it, it, now it's a joke to the people of Alabama. And I think Alabama is a really good basketball team, and I think it's going to be hard to get them out. Um, I, I, I look at where they would get eliminated, and I'm not sure. I'm not even sure San Diego State's getting past Charles, Charleston or Virginia. Virginia and Furman is the kind of game that Virginia could lose. It's going to be – it's both coaches holding on to the ball and killing time and, and playing great defense. And, you know, that could come down to a last-second shot. And that's the only problem I have with Virginia's style. I love watching them play, but I don't know that, that you know they're. I don't know that they can slow down Alabama uh, if they get there, and I don't know that they get there because there's some. San Diego State is like all seniors, but they could bow out to Charleston. I, I I mean it's a really hard tournament to look at because if you don't like Alabama, you're looking for a spot where they're eliminated, and there isn't the obvious spot, and I think that. They got it right with the number one seeds. It's not often you can say that, but I think they did get it right. Um, it, it was interesting to watch the Big Ten tournament. Purdue had won that championship game by, by 10, 15 points, and next thing you know, they are are giving up points like crazy, and they got to fight their way to the end there. So I don't know. I I, um, I have only done like preliminary look at it, but I do feel uncomfortable about it, Alabama. I think they are correctly the number one overs uh they're easy to root against alabama that's for sure and those fans that that that's just i mean who you shouldn't even be allowed to print the t-shirt up like whoever printed the t-shirt up should be in trouble on top of it that, that's just fairly poor taste yeah the, the top four seeds are the top four seeds it, it's fine um I, I think our local teams both drew really tough games Really tough games, and Northwestern's got to go out to Sacramento. At least Illinois is going to play in Des Moines, so not too far away. Um, Texas A&M, I think, was the worst miss on the seeding. They were really good in their regular season. And let's let's talk about some teams not number one that could do something in this thing. Um, Xavier, I think, is a team that might surprise some people. And I also like Gonzaga to surprise some people. I think they're out West. They're staying out there. And I think uh, they might uh, be able, if they might be able to take down uh, UCLA and then take down Kansas. So there's a couple of uh, three seeds that I think might do some damage. Alabama is one of the oldest stories in sports. You have a coach in Nate Oates. You have a program in a university, tragically trying to prove that the end justifies the means. And it's unfortunate. It's uncomfortable. And it's borderline immoral to a lot of people, what they're doing and what they're ignoring and how they're behaving uh, in terms of a fan base. And it's incomprehensible that nobody from Alabama has reached out to the family of the young woman who lost her life and tried to just talk about the grief that they must be experiencing. That's inhumane. And so you read the Washington Post story about that whole episode and it will make you cringe every time you see Alabama on the television set over the next couple of weeks. That's one aspect of this. The other one is that they're not going to get beat, I don't think. They have more talent than any team in America. And Brandon Miller is uh, the player of the year in that conference and might be the player of this tournament. As, as hard as that is to watch and to accept, I think it is reality. So I think Alabama, they got the number one seeds right. I think the first number one seed to go and bow out is going to be Purdue. Their backcourt is too young, too shaky, and you saw that yesterday as Penn State nearly came back and beat them down the stretch. That was, oh, well, that was close. The Cinderella, Dustin, you mentioned Xavier. That's a good one, although they are the three seed. I think it's a, uh, you look at how they are uh, seeded in this tournament, and you that shows the respect. I think that you look at Creighton at number six could be a team that's lower seeded that goes a long way. UConn getting a lot of love at number four. But the Dukies, I think when you look at the Dukies, when they have all their team healthy, I think they're 17-1 and one with their full contingent of players and their roster. So I think that's uh, uh, interesting. And um, the, um, the Cinderella go, going the furthest, uh, yeah, that would be probably I would have Duke. The, the health of these teams of essential importance, 
you, you know, you mentioned that Duke's getting healthy. What's going on with UCLA? What's going on with Houston? Will Houston. they have their best players available? Sasser is a guy they sat out yesterday. Kelvin Sampson said they did that because they wanted to avoid injury going into the tournament. So if he's healthy, you're right. That's a different Houston team. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's a great question. Sprinkling in a little baseball. White Sox slugger Jake Berger hit a couple of home runs over the weekend while Cubs starter Hayden Wisniewski continued his scoreless streak through three starts. Which bubble guy has the best shot at making the opening day roster? I think they probably both will make the roster. Wesneski might be positioned for a better season. I'm not sure what to make of Jake Berger. I really like him. I want to see him succeed. I don't know where he plays. I don't know how many bats he's going to get. He's kind of blocked at third base. Now he's blocked if he wanted to come back at second base. He's got blocked by another designated hitter. He's just blocked. Wesneski hasn't given up a run. That's impressive. You know what also is impressive? Javier Assad. Oh, my goodness sakes. Three innings gave up one hit in the World Baseball Classic for Team Mexico who beat Team USA. If you stayed up late enough to watch that, goodness sakes, Javier Assad had something to do with that. And so you look at his potential. I know he wasn't part of the question because I think this happened when everybody had gone to bed, but he was somebody to keep an eye on as well. So, yeah, interesting Cub Sox weekend, even though uh, a lot of other news to talk about. Jake Berger, I hope he makes the team. Hayden Wazniski, I don't see how he doesn't make the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, if Hayden's not on the Cubs opening day roster, something's not right. That, that, that would scream something. So make that happen. Um, yeah, Jake Berger's a nice story. It's cool. His son was at the game. Young son, baby at the game. Um, hits a couple home runs. Then they show the picture of his head, right, the bald head with the the, the suntan lines based on the, 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 the hats, the spring training type hats. He just seems like a good he, – he's like David Bodie-ish, right, for the Cubs. He's just he's – he's, he's a fun story. He's a good guy. Sure, I'd love to make the team, but, you know, how often would he actually make – be in the field? But would you rather have a guy like him who's got a little pop? If, if, if pop is still important, then I think he makes the team over another guy who might be a little bit better defensively. Yeah, um, I think that, um, I think, you know, when we start looking at Hayden Wisniewski, I think he's got a really bright future and he's going to be a starter and do great things. I don't know if it's happening this year, but I think that's the case. I think when you talk about Jake Berger, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he makes the team. I don't know. How, how they fit him in? Um, I'll be very curious. You know, his his wife and his baby were at the game, and he hit a couple homers, and you know, it was beautiful. It's like a nice moment. His son's first time seeing him play, little baby, but nonetheless, he hits a couple homers. So God bless him. I I, I think he's an amazing story. It's incredible what he's gone through and coming back. But as you say. He just doesn't seem to have a place on the White Sox, and maybe maybe they trade him. I mean, he, he could probably play somewhere, and he wouldn't disappoint you. They, it's just he's getting older, and he's blocked. It's that simple. He doesn't have this he kind of future. reminds me a little pitcher. bit of uh, a different league, but, you know, Daniel Vogelbach, a guy right, that was right. could really hit, and it was a good power guy, didn't quite fit with the Cubs. He was moved on to the Mariners, ended up with yep. the Mets. And he's always going to have a, a role because he can hit falling out of bed. And you wonder if uh, Jake Berger needs to go to another team right. to establish himself. Right. But, but I mean, you're never going to get value for him because no. he'll establish himself somewhere else. Right. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like – it just seems like he's, he's kind of one of many guys that can do that for the White Could Sox. Could he bring you a left-handed reliever that you currently don't really have a lot of? Mm. That would be a bummer. It's uh, 312-644-6767. The Extra Point is next. Set up this Extra Point. It's time for the Extra Point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Bears GM Ryan Pohl said he believes there are seven players worthy of the number one overall selection. How many are worthy at number nine? Are you more interested in who's falling or who's rising at this point? What position should the Bears take? You're interested in both. Absolutely. But the number one thing you've got to think of now is that your risk-reward calculus changes from drafting ninth than it was drafting first. So even though I don't believe he will still be on the board, 
Jalen Carter is somebody you now consider and look at in a different light. You now have more reason and you would be risking less if you go in on Jalen Carter. Adam Schefter reported over the weekend the Bears will be at his pro day. They are still doing some background checking on him. That's interesting because he is likely to be just the football part of it, the highest rated prospect on many people's draft boards. We don't know if the Bears are going to take him off, but if they're attending his pro day, my sense is no. So he's the number one guy you keep an eye on at number nine. The other couple offensive linemen, certainly Peter Skronsky, the left tackle from Northwestern, Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Peter Skronsky, if you draft him and you move him to, to guard, what are you doing? What are you doing? You don't draft guards at number nine. You draft premium positions at number nine. So that's the other approach there. Tyree Wilson, if he drops to you from Texas Tech, the pass rusher, the defensive lineman, yeah, you would want to take a good hard look there. Don't discount. I don't know anything about this, but an intriguing prospect, if you're drafting ninth, Bijan Robinson from Texas. The running back, you say you don't need a running back. You say nobody drafts running backs that high anymore. I would agree with you. Sure, right. No premium positions. I get it. Bijan Robinson might be special. He might be another Saquon Barkley type. So I don't know what the Bears are thinking right there, but it is fun to consider because you're still going to get a player that should be plug and play. So if there are seven players good enough for the number one overall pick, if we if we if we want to believe Ryan Poles, then I this is where I could throw another arrow at what they did. Then I think they did this too early, because if that's the case, they would have had you might have gotten three first rounders in total out of this thing if that's the case. But let's just say that's not the case. Um, they need everything. They they could use an upgrade at every position basically, except they are now clearly all invested in. Justin Fields, and they and they wouldn't draft a wide receiver. I don't think you'd do that either at nine. But otherwise, I think you're drafting best available. And a lot of this is going to be based on what they buy over the next couple of days, right? I'm saying if you buy offensive, if you buy offensive line, you're not drafting offensive line. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Okay, well, I, I would rule that out. I would. You I, would. I, I would say that. I you would did. say that if they draft Mike McGlinchey, they're not going. If they sign Mike McGlinchey, they're not, they're not they're, drafting Peter Skronsky? Not at nine. You can't you say might, that. But you might, at that point, David, you may trade back. Now, you could also, at nine, you could trade back to 12 or 13 and get one of the two linemen. But I'm saying at, if you sit at nine, you got to take, because they need everything, you need to take best player available. And if you buy offensive line in the next 48 hours, you're not going Peter Skronsky at nine, with all due respect. Well, I, I I don't know if you bring in Mike McClinchy as they're rumored to do, then don't you then take Paris Johnson if he if he's there? I mean, wouldn't that make more sense? So you get a right tackle and then you get a left tackle. I I um I'm not sure I, I'm not sure about the you know, Skaronsky supposedly does not have the arm length that you need, you know, in order to be a, a left tackle in the NFL. So that would be something you'd have to look at and be careful about. You know, there are going to be there, – there are some other positions available. I mean, I, I think it looks like the uh, the defensive ends will be gone. And I keep reading that, that Seattle would take uh, a Jalen Carter if he was there at five. So that would be a, a problem if you wanted to be fall. The, be Lions, the ones that would concern well, me. The, the Lions are going to take a defensive end, supposedly. So, like, the, the top three defensive ends and – Jalen Carter could be gone by the time you pick, along with the other uh, uh, the other uh, quarterbacks going what high. What would be your reaction to a running back, Robinson? Um, Robinson, I think, is a great player. I think the value of the position makes it so you don't need to draft him at number nine. I, I mean, I, I think he's a really good player. And I think if you took him there, that that would be a very interesting thing to do. I, I don't know if you wouldn't be better off just signing Montgomery back, depending on what his market ends right. up being, right? So what is he looking for? And and if he doesn't get it, you could double back and bring him back. He might be looking for eight. You might offer him seven and settle for six and a half. I don't know. Right. It, right. it might be uh, a, a more modest, affordable deal on a and, sure thing. And, and I got to tell you, that's one of the things I'm looking at here is, you know, they've made a great trade to get more draft revenue and to bring in DJ Moore. But that is another move that was done with the financial implications not as bad. Right, so you go out on the open market and try to sign guys. Usually, that costs a lot of money. That may be why they don't want to go for Orlando Brown. Maybe they don't believe 
that there's value there. Maybe they think with McClinchy, you can pay him and he's going to make every game. Orlando Brown doesn't miss games. What you're describing is somebody being very cost conscious. It Even though he's got a lot of money to spend. That's what not, I'm Not getting kind of reckless with the spending. I, I think I appreciate the responsibility that that shows or implies. There are times in free agency where I would like you to go wild. Yeah, right. I'm 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 on board with that. There are defensive tackles available. I I don't think I think you gotta improve your lines. Period. End of story. And um and you you know we've said it like ten times. They don't have a front seven. Everybody knows it. Well, let's get that organized somehow in the off season. Wouldn't that be nice? Would be nice. All right. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We've had our turn. What is yours? Does anyone not like this trade? Does anyone think it was premature? And uh, I'd be very curious to hear. I, I've heard everybody delight in it. I think it's uh, a big relief to be done with it. But uh, I'm just curious, it, it, does anyone question it? And we'll hear from Tom Thayer, who talked to Ron Rivera, who coached DJ Moore. And that was interesting to hear what Tom had to say. We'll, we'll hear from him next. Drafted him and coached him. Yes, right? he did. So. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio. 6-7 of the score. I did have a chance to have a long conversation this morning with Ron Rivera, who was his coach for the first two years in the league. And I, and I you know, said, I don't, don't give me coach speak. I'm not someone that's talking to you for the first time in our lives. You and I have spent a long time together as friends in the football business and everything. And, he, you know, he was shooting it straight. He goes, look, man, this guy is a model Number one, a one beat receiver. He's great in the locker room. He's super supportive to the rest of his teammates. He's great with his quarterback. He'll be instrumental in the further development of a guy like Justin. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. That is Ron Rivera on with David on Saturday morning. And that is great stuff. He's calling Chico to find out, hey, you know, don't give me coach. Steve. <laughs> tell, tell me, me what's tr- going on. Tell me the, tell truth. Me the truth. And yeah. DJ Moore apparently is one of those guys you like to have in the locker room, the meeting room, and one of those guys who is an asset in the huddle. And plus, he can get open. And he will be one of those teammates that you think won't be disruptive. And you here's the thing you worry about wide receivers, especially number one wide receivers. How do they react when they're not targeted? How do they react when they don't get the ball? How do they react when they're overthrown or underthrown? It sounds like DJ Moore at least has had a lot of experience being underthrown and overthrown in Carolina. Wow. Not the best quarterbacks he's played with, and now he comes to the Bears and Justin Fields is his guy, and you expect Justin Fields to benefit from this just from having better receivers to throw to, more protection in the pocket, but also just his own development and improvement. You know, look, get on the horn with this guy. Let's figure out how you guys can work out together in the offseason before you get to Hellas Hall. Let's get this whole thing going. Um, that's the thing that Fields had going with Darnell Mooney. They had worked together in the offseason. They had gotten themselves to a point where there was a comfort level there. Uh, didn't get that with Chase Claypool. Hopefully you work on that. And now DJ Moore. It, it, I love when... You keep reading stories about, you know, the quarterback going to the park to meet with the guys because they got to get everything together because it's all about winning. That sounds like Tom Brady during COVID, but it hopefully is uh, is Justin Fields. And I, and I think he's that kind of player. I think he wants to be good, and I think he wants to work with these guys. But, you know, let's get to a point where you feel like you're winning in seven-on-seven football. No doubt about it. And that is a hidden, uh, I think, value of this trade coming now is that it does give you the entire off season. Practically when they get back together from day one, your receiver is here. He's not going to be somebody you're having to get up to speed quickly. There's not going to be a condensed uh, playbook you're offering. This is DJ Moore, Justin Fields from day one, get to know each other now, get together later. And that's that that's the benefit or an advantage of making a trade when they made the trade. Yeah, yeah, that, you know, again, you got to have everybody totally committed. And I think that that's going to be the case. And I hope that we see significant growth 
you know, what do you need to do with the quarterback? You need to get him weapons. You need to get him protection. So now and, let's get that part of the puzzle. And you solved. need to get him better. You need to make him right. Help, you need to help coach him the hell out of him. Make yeah. the next step. You need to coach him up. You need to demand that he, you know, he's going to be as demanding on himself as you're going to be on him. He's that kind of a guy. But I do think that this trade, it does represent uh, the reality. It presents the reality that to me, okay, yeah, the Bears are off the clock. Justin Fields is on it. Let me tell you something. Um, we have a texter wondering if the if the Bears called Houston and Indy before making that trade. I guarantee you they did. There's no shadow of a doubt they did. They they hey we're trading. You know we got we reached a contract impact. We're gonna make this deal. What do you think about it? And you know like for a guy like Chris Ballard, be like hey that's a good deal. Go do it. I, I don't Can you think, do better? Well, you, they can't and do, they better, couldn't do better, and that's a good deal, right? Ne- neither of those teams that they were talking to yeah. would have been able to supply the draft picks or the player. Yeah. So this was the best package that we're aware of, and this is why Ryan Pohl sounded so sure of himself at the combine. What What is it? It's like it's like a seven weeks out, though, right? I mean, it, it, you know, maybe there. It was forty eight days before the draft they made the deal. Okay. And so that gives you seven, like seven weeks. weeks. Yeah. And so that's that's very early. When the Titans and the Rams made their deal, the Jared Goff deal, that was a that was a week, couple weeks out, and that seemed like like what? Why, why are they doing this now? I think Dustin lost thirty pounds in seven weeks, something like that. You've been listening to the ads. I just kidding. We just see them every day. Yeah, that's all it is. Just eyeballing. Those jeans are dropping off them. Yeah, forgot my belt. It's like a little kid. Remember my nephew, we were taking him out to a store and the poor little guy, his pants fell down and he like, you know, he's two and a half, three. And he says, this happens every time I go out. <laughs> he was totally <laughs> exasperated. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We'll get to all your calls. It's Biggs time next. We'll get Brad Biggs thoughts on the deal, on what they do next and how quickly it happens. It's Mully and Hall on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 